name? Well, about half of you. What is the name? Evangeline Hope. Evangeline Hope. All right, how beautiful. I, and I even saw some pictures. I said, do you have any pictures? He said, well, he went through about 40 before he got, <laughs> got to the one he wanted to show me. But, uh, but uh, congratulations. That's very beautiful. And I, it was a short notice, but nevertheless, I'm glad to be here. And uh, glad to see some of the old... Familiar faces and a lot of new faces, and uh, we're glad that you're here, and uh, I'm glad I'm here to get given the opportunity to, to speak to you. It, uh, it's a little unusual because I don't have anything to hide behind. <laughs> Those of you that were here before when they had this huge thing, I always had to stand out here. But now the problem is that you see all of me, <laughs> and, and that's not always good either. Uh, just uh, I came across this this week. I'll get to the word in just a minute. These are uh, parts of letters to God from children, and uh, I thought that some of them were very interesting. Uh, Dear God, in Sunday school, they told me what you do. Who does it when you go on vacation? <laughs> Dear God, did you really mean do unto others as they do to you? If you did, I'm going to get my brother. <laughs> Dear God, instead of letting people die and having to make new ones, why don't you just keep the old ones around? then we wouldn't have the new one. Um, thank you for my baby brother. What, what I prayed was for a puppy. <laughs> Dear God, please give me a pony. I never asked for anything before, and you can look it up, Joyce. <laughs> and I've got two pages of those, so I won't bore you with the rest of them, but those are good. Um, I want to speak this morning, and uh, when I went back to get the microphone today, actually it wasn't back there, it was up here, but uh, he said, do you have any scriptures for today? And I said, no, unfortunately, I do not, because uh, at four o'clock this morning, the Lord, the Lord woke me up and changed my message. So everything that I had written down to hand to him isn't, isn't good anymore, so so bear with me, and bear with me reading the scriptures as we uh, go through today. title of my message today is Strong Hands. I want to read from Zechariah, chapter 8. Actually, since I'm getting old, I want to read it from my script because it's typed out here and it's bigger to see anyhow. Before we begin, let's have a word of prayer. Father, we, we love you, and we thank you, Lord, that we have an opportunity, as was mentioned earlier, as a family to get together, because we are family, and Lord, we know that you are our father, and Jesus is our elder brother, and we thank you for that today. We ask, Lord, that you would be with us, 
and that you would guide us and that you would anoint your word. And I ask that it would not be my words today, but rather your words. And I ask, Lord, that our hearts would be open to receive that which you have for us today. So I ask in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would just be with us, guide us, and Lord, may every heart be touched, not just this morning, but continuing on through the weeks and, and months ahead. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Since I don't have this big pulpit here, I almost fell off the front of this thing. <laughs> Before I had a guide to go by, and now it's, I can't see through it, so it doesn't help. <laughs> I'm reading today from Zechariah. How many of you know who Zechariah was? Where is his book located? It's the next to last book of the Old Testament, in case you're looking there. I want to read from Zechariah chapter 8, beginning to read with verse 9. It's quite a, quite a statement that, uh, that is made by here. This first opening statement, and this is something that we should, and I just realized that I'm still standing out here, <laughs> even with the pulpit not here. <laughs> but this statement, this is what the Lord Almighty says. And I think that that phrase at the beginning of these verses that I'm reading today is uh, something that we should pay attention to. Because we don't always hear, this is what the Lord says. We don't, most of us have not heard an audible voice of God saying, this is what I'm saying to you. But in effect, by this phrase in the beginning of this verse, this is what he's saying. This is what the Lord Almighty says. You who are now here, you who now hear these words spoken by the prophets, who were here when the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid, let your hands be strong. That's the title of my message today. Strong hands. Let your hands be strong so that the temple may be built. Therefore, before, there was a time when there were no wages for man or beast. No one could go about his business safely because of the enemy. For I have turned every man against his neighbor. But, aren't you glad that God always puts a but in? This is what the past was, but things are going to change now. But now... I will not deal with the remnant of this people as I did in the past, declares the Lord God Almighty. The seed will grow, the vine will yield its fruit, the ground will produce its crop, and heaven will drop, heavens will drop their dew. I will give all things as an inheritance to the remnant of this people. As, I ha as you have been an object of cursing among the nations before, O Judah and Israel, so I will save you and I will, and you will be a blessing. 
Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Say, Pastor, I don't see that written three times in my book. It isn't. That's for emphasis so you remember. Do not be afraid, but let your hands be strong. Zechariah was given the challenge and the privilege of rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem that had been torn down. And there was a remnant that came back from captivity into to work with Zechariah and to, to rebuild the walls and rebuild the city of Jerusalem. Now, because the verses that I read that said before, you don't, there weren't any wages, there weren't any money, you weren't in, didn't have your crops, didn't grow and everything, and now that I'm here and you're here, I want to bless you. I want to change things because you disobeyed me in the past. I had to spank, spank your bottom. No, I mean, because you disobeyed me before, I had to discipline you and send you into captivity so that you would change and and now you have, your heart has changed toward God. And now I want to bless you. I want to be your God. But twice in these verses that I read, he says, let your hands be strong. Why is he saying that to, the, to these remnants that were there? Because they had a job to do. How many of you like opening pickle jars? Yeah. What do you need to open a pickle jar? Well, some of you young ones, don't, that doesn't matter to you. You just pop an open. But sometimes when you, you, you have to use a little rubber thing to put on top there so you can get your grip, though it helps. And you finally, maybe I'm just talking about those over 50. I don't know. But anyhow... You had to have strong hands. God says, as we read the beginning, the Lord Almighty says, you need strong hands. Why do you need strong hands? Well, strong hands so that we can help brothers and sisters in Christ. So we can help those who are in need. Hebrews said, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, and I apologize for reading my nose more than usual, but I only did them at 4 o'clock this morning, so uh, my mind is a little foggy. But anyhow, Hebrews 12, 25 says this, let's not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us, anybody know what the next word is? Encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. You recall in the, in Jesus' teaching, he talks about the the shepherd that had a hundred sheep and one was lost. What did he do? 
He left the 99 and he went to look for the one. Why did he go look for the one? I mean, he had 99 left. Does it really matter? Yes, it does matter. It matters because every believer in Jesus Christ is important. And if you're standing alone, you're a target for the enemy. You're the, the red spot in the center of the target because you're all alone and you don't have any support. You're out there and, and he has a whole arsenal of things that he can send your way. Depression, loneliness, uh, questioning God, going through a difficult time, saying, why? Yeah, that sounds like the Sunday school class. Why are you doing this? What is this? Why is this happening to me? You know what? You need someone to stand with you. And that's why we all need strong hands. So we can support and encourage and bless each other. Because when you're all alone, then you're just that. You're all alone. You don't have any support. You can't say, you know, will you pray with me? Will you talk to me? Will you have a cup of coffee with me? I want to I wanna just unburden my heart. You can't do that all by yourself because you're talking to the wall. The wall doesn't respond. But we as believers need to be need to have strong hands so that we can join hands with the one next to us and say, I can't I really don't know. I can't know all the feelings that you're having as you're going through this difficult time, but just let me stand with you. Let me be the one who okay, let's pray together. Or let's sit down and have a cup of coffee and just talk about how good God is. We need that fellowship. There is a thing that the police do when they are facing a riot or a protest that goes crazy. What do they do? Pastor Jake? What do they do? Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> what do they do? They stand side by side, and a lot of times they lock arms. Why do they do that? So the enemy doesn't break through. I didn't realize you are that much taller than me. No. <laughs> they do that so that the protesters or the enemy cannot break through their lines. They lock arms with one another. And you need, and I need, someone to stand with me when the, I go through the difficult times, when I go through the valleys, when I get to the doctor saying, you've got cancer, or you've got this or that, or you're having a heart attack, or you've had a stroke. The, Things go on and on and on, but you know what? You need someone to come alongside and stand with you. You need that strong hand of the person who has gone through maybe what you've gone through that need the words. They need to hear the words. Christ is still with you. He hasn't forsaken you. He hasn't left you. He's still there. 
and irony, I am one who is standing with you to let you know that you're not alone. Most of you know that I tend to cry when I preach. And that's okay. I finally got to the place where I, it's okay with me if I do that. But the reason I can't read is that my tears are covering up the words. <laughs> we, are, we are commissioned to lift up hands that hang down. And the feeble knees, that's in Hebrews. Chapter 12, verse 12. Again, it was said of Peter. Peter took him by the hand and lifted him up. That was the layman that he ministered to. Again, Peter, when he raised Dorcas to life, he gave her his hand and lifted her up. You ever need to be lifted up? Anyone need to be lifted up today? We're here as a body, as believers, that we can share with you our strong hand. We need to be strong in fellowship with believers. Barnabas, as you remember, leave that out, makes it easier. Barnabas, who is Barnabas? You remember, he, we know him as the encourager. How did he become that? Well, when Paul was saved, Barnabas took him to the believers that didn't believe that Paul had changed. Right? They thought he was still old, raging, killing, murdering, jailing type of a person. But Barnabas said, here, let me bring you to the authorities in Jerusalem and let me tell them how you've changed, that you've seen God. Speaking of Paul. Not only do we need help when we face difficulty, but we need help in another area of our lives sometimes. In Galatians 6.1, it says this. If a man is overtaken in a fault, you who are spiritual, what does that mean? Those of you that know Christ, that have a constant relationship with him. If you see a man overtaken in a fault, you who are spiritual, Kill him. Get rid of him. Ban him. Excommunicate him. No, that's not what it says at all. Restore such a one. Bear one another's burdens. This happened when I was a how old was I? Oh, I don't know. I was in high school, my senior year. Our pastor
fell into sin. He had an affair with his secretary of the church. I was, I was very devastated because here was a man that I held in esteem. Here was a man that I thought was perfect. Of course, I know now that no, none of us are perfect, but, but when I found out what had happened, I almost, almost quit the church. Here's the man that I hold up here. And now I see he's been rolling in the gutter. I shouldn't say that, but. But you know what? There's a friend of mine. When he realized how far I was down, an older gentleman called me one day and he said, meet me at the restaurant. Let's have lunch. And we must have talked for a couple of hours. And he helped me to realize that all of us sin. If any of you were in Sunday school this morning, you remember, you'll remember the video that was shown, and he said that we're dirty, rotten liars and idolatry, idolatrous. Idolater, I'll get the word yet. Why? Because how many of you have not sinned, not sworn? How many of you have not lied? How many of you have, yeah, I don't see any hands going up. We realize that sin is in our natural human body. And sometimes we, re we respond from our human nature rather than our spiritual nature. And we respond, oh man, kick this guy out. You know what? That pastor eventually was restored and brought back into ministry because he submitted himself to others who could hold his hand, who could encourage him and bless him. We need to be strong in extending our hand and lifting up those who struggle. And if a man has taken over, or a woman, I don't want to leave anybody out here, is overtaken into sin, don't forget about them. Don't leave them alone and say, oh, it's their own fault. If they wouldn't have done this and this and this and this, they would be fine. Well, they're not fine, but they need someone to go to them and lift them up and to take their hand and say, God still loves you even though you, don't, you haven't forgiven yourself or probably can't forgive yourself, but God can. Let's spend some time together and let's pray together. And How can I help you to be restored to the family of God? So we need to be strong when it comes to fellow Christians. We need to be I like this verse in Psalms 133. And this is not all of it, but part of it. How good and pleasant it is when brothers 
live together in harmony. Harmony, not fighting each other, not doing and Never mind. How good and pleasant it is for a church to have unity, for a body to have unity, for a family to have unity. As I was sitting in class this morning and hearing the request that going around the table, I'm always surprised and yet not surprised at how many say, pray for my kids because they're not serving the Lord. Pray for my grandson, he's not serving the Lord. They once, they were raised differently, but now they're all, they're, you know what? We were lost. And someone prayed for us. You know, I was a rotten kid when I was young. There weren't drugs and stuff available to me when, at my, where I was. Thank, thank the Lord. But I was, uh, I had two brothers, one older and one younger. The younger one was mama's baby, spoiled. Well, I could go on and use a lot of other words to describe him. But I was not nice to him. In fact, I cut off his toe with an axe. They were able to sold back on. <laughs> I know, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> and it wasn't, but it was because of selfishness that I did that. Because I was using the X and I was chopping a piece of wood and he said, let me do it. I said, no. And uh, he said, if you don't, I'll put my foot over there. I said, you do it, I'll cut it off. And I did. <laughs> oh, Lord, forgive me. Him and I are good friends now. <laughs> but he was part of the family, part of my family, part of my life. Yeah, he did some things that probably shouldn't have done. Got involved in some things and was in the service, in the army, and some of you will understand what, what he faced when he was there. He was in Nam and all these other things. He didn't really serve the Lord very good during his lifetime until he got out. As I said, my mom had three, three brothers, or three sons. I had two brothers. I'm the middle child, by the way, in case any of you are interested. Uh, and you never mind. Uh, but my older brother was called into the ministry. I was called into the ministry, and Jerry was the rebel. About two years ago, was it two years ago? Maybe three or four. When you get old, your memory. Anyhow, he called me one day and he said to me, I need a reference from a pastor. I want to become a chaplain 
for our trucking ministry. Mom's already in heaven, but if she knew of that conversation, she would go wild. Because she always prayed that her sons would be in the ministry. And that prayer was answered. So now there are three of us. We stand together and we hold hands. We just met a couple of weeks ago. My younger brother said, you know what? We don't do this often enough. One lives in Minnesota and the other one in Waukegan and I'm here. Well, I say all that. We need each other, no matter what our circumstances are. We need to have unity. We need to be strong, not only with our family, and we are family, but Proverbs 23, 23 says, Buy the truth and sell it not. What is this? You say, well, that's the Bible. But it is the truth. We live in a society that tells us that we need to tolerate other religions. We need to tolerate other lifestyles. We need to tolerate and just let be all those things that are contrary to what? To the word. To the truth that's in here. The truth is that there is one way to God, and that is through who? Jesus Christ. There's only one way to the Father, and that's because of this. The world says, there are many ways. The world says, oh, I'm good. I'm a Christian. I live in America. I mentioned in class this morning, I read some statistics the other day, or I guess not the other day. There's my memory again. Uh, a while back. 85% of the people in the United States say they're Christians. Whoa, 85%, that's fantastic. But if you really get down to the nitty-gritty of it, according to the truth, it's only 7% who are Christians. 7% in the United States, 7% are believers in Jesus Christ and have asked for forgiveness of sin, have accepted Christ into their heart. Wow! What a mission field! We got 93% of the people around us who are not Christians. But this is... I see the tail hanging out here, so I need to turn it upright. This is the only way and the only truth, and the only life, and it's in Jesus Christ. So we need to hang on to the Word. The Word says that homosexuality is an abomination. 
Try saying that on the street. But we need to. We need not be silent. The reason Bibles were taken out of the classroom and prayer was taken out of the classroom is because we just sat back and did nothing. The truth is, this is the only way, this is the only truth, this is the only life that we can have in Jesus Christ, and that's the only way. In Canada, I may be arrested for saying just that. Isn't that amazing? One country away, and our country is nearing that. This is parenthetically. Thank God that we have a new president who wants to stand for what is right. Some of you may disagree with his tactics and words and other texts. <laughs> Some of them I do too, but the fact is he wants to stand for what is right. Even more than that, you and I need to stand for what is true. We need to hold on with very strong hands to what God has given us. Because it is the answer to the world, and if we let it slip and let it go, nothing will happen. In fact, not only will nothing happen, it'll go the other way. And it's gone that way too far. We need to stop our lives from the slide away from truth and hang on to truth. We need to be strong in truth. Oh, man. Stop talking. Go to the next page. We need to be strong in the work of the Lord. I said, we need to be strong in the work of the Lord. Well, that's about a quarter of you. <laughs> Where are the rest of you? We need to be strong in the work of the Lord. Well, that's a little better. In uh, Proverbs 3.9, it says this. Or... Uh, Excuse me, let me back up. Um, yeah. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of your increase, of all of your increase. He who, this is another verse in 2 Corinthians, he who sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly. But he who sows bountifully will receive bountifully. What does that mean? That's in 2 Corinthians 9 6. Say, Pastor, are you going to preach on tithing? Yep. How does this how did this building get here? How did the Parsonies get here? How did the voice of this church get known in the community? 
because someone worked at it. Someone worked at making this a beautiful place, welcoming in the summer, in the summertime cool, and in the wintertime warm. We need warmth today. Got out of the car, and my wife said, I think I needed my winter jacket. We need to tithe. Of what? Money? Oh, yeah. Time? There, we got them all. Money, time, and talent. Say, I don't have any talent. Do you have time? Say, I don't have time. Do you have money? Say, we invite a preacher in to talk about tithing. I'm not talking just about money. Saw a list in the Sunday school class of a person's house who uh, burned. And a list of things that could be done that insurance really didn't take care of that much. And I actually picked up one of those lists and asked, who do I contact to possibly help in some way? Why did I do that? Because I may have time. I may be able to hang drywall. No. That was a slip of the tongue. I don't hang very well. <laughs> but you know what? I can paint. I can clean. I can sweep the floor. I can do other things. What are you doing with your talent and with your time? And money, too, I guess. I'll throw that in. And the treasurer said, no, never mind. We need to have strong hands to do what God asked us to do. It may be to go and sit with someone who's in the hospital, who is comatose, and just reading the word to them. It may be rolling up your sleeves and putting your paint pants on and do some painting. You know what? I, most of you know that my wife and I have the privilege the last few years of going to Florida for three, four months. You know what I do down there? And I'm not bragging, but I work. My brother said, what do you do when you go there? You go to the beach, go, do, go over to Disney, you know that? We went to the beach once this year, and that was to visit some friends of ours. Most of the time, I was helping around the church or around the campground. And 
the camp is run by voluntary people, and so all the work that's done there is done by not me, but us. Why do I do that? Because God has given me the opportunity. God gives us opportunities every single day to invest. To invest. What did I just say? Invest. Invest in what? Brothers and sisters who are Christians and brothers and sisters who are not Christians. Invest in their lives because that's what we do. That's what God said. We don't just... It's easy to do that. You know what? In Florida, I have one of these... uh, Not... uh, What do they call it? No-gravity chairs where you just laid back and it just cradled you. Oh, man, I love sitting in that chair. I wish I had more time to sit in that chair. But that's not what God called us to do. And he didn't call you to do just sit in your easy chair either. How many of you know a neighbor that needs a meal? How many of us know a friend that needs someone just to sit with them? How many of us know someone we can take to the grocery store because they don't have any other way to get there? Or to church. Ooh, that's good. Strong hands. Strong hands. To do, to lift someone up, to hold their hand, To do whatever, hold a hammer, hold a coffee pot, pour coffee. I don't know what God called you to do, but I know that he has called you. How do I know? Just because I have a reverend in front of my name and I have a piece of paper on the wall that says, you are ordained, doesn't mean I'm the only one. I could, I'm sure Jake has a piece of paper on his wall that said he's licensed. Maybe not yet, but he's working there. I don't know. But all of us should have a piece of paper on our heart that says we are ministers of Jesus Christ our Lord. The only way we can do that how many of you like lifting weights? Ooh, one, two. All right. Fantastic. Someday I'll join you. How do we exercise so that we have strong arms? By doing it. By doing it. Stand with me. Reach across to the person. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I was going to say, join hands with the person next to you. But before you do that, 
I want this to be a commitment to have strong hands. And if you're not willing to let those hands be used by God, don't join hands. But if you're committed to doing what God wants you to do and becoming strong hands to whatever the need is available to us, then join the hand of your neighbor. Good to see it across the aisle back there. Good to see you all. The pianist and I are not joining hands. Only in our hearts. Father, you see these hands joined today. You see the power, the might, and the authority that you have invested in these lives. Lord, I pray today that every time they look at their hands this next week or the next week and the next week, that they would remember that those hands are your hands, Lord, and that they would use them. Lord, they have committed themselves to have strong hands today and are committing and will continue to commit their hands and their life to you. I pray that you would strengthen them by your spirit because we don't know what to do on our own. Lord, we are your servants. And we ask for the direction. We ask for the strength. We ask for the empowerment, Lord, to do what you've called us to do. Father, thank you for this congregation. Thank you for all the members that are in unity. Lord, thank you for all who are a part of your family. And Lord, if there's not one here, there's one here today who is not part of your family, I pray that you would Speak to their heart today that they would say, forgive me, Lord. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins and I accept Jesus Christ. And then empower them, Lord. Empower them in the spirit to have strong spiritual hands with the rest of us. Lord, I pray it in the name of Jesus. Bless each one. Go with us and help us, Lord, to remember when we see our hands to remind us that we need strong spiritual hands as well. Bless them, Lord, I pray. Be with us, guide us through this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. You are dismissed.